0: Can Be New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. The story that you've just seen and heard is out of the Gospel of John, the 21st chapter. The reason we're studying the Gospel of John, because it's in the Gospel of John that we're given so much detail about relationship, We're given detail about how Jesus loves the disciples and how he loves others. And in this scene, the scene that you've just witnessed, you you have that sense of that care again and love that Jesus has for people. And when we read something like this, when we listen to something like this, we, we, we know what's happening here and there's a restoration taking place. The answer to what next or how do I live my life after Easter all starts to fall into place for Peter. And what Jesus said to Peter applies to you. What Jesus said to Peter applies to me. Peter had publicly failed, but Jesus wasn't done with him. Jesus still had plans for Peter's life. He was still considered to be part of the 12 disciples. Jesus hadn't kicked him aside. Jesus hadn't put him off, but he restored him. Peter was still the rock. Peter was the one that Jesus said to, on this rock I will build my church And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In the conversation that you've just heard, Jesus reinstates Peter. And he also explains to him what his life is going to look like from now on. Jesus gave Peter a game plan for the rest of his life. And it's a game plan that you can use. That when you listen to this story, when you read this story... There are certain things that I hope pop out on the pages for you because it's telling us, Jesus is telling us how we can move on. How do we live our life when we failed? How do we get up again when things have turned south for us? How do we do this? Well, in this chapter, it's shown to us. If you want what happened to you at Easter to really count for something, I want to give you three things that you need to determine to do Three things that are important for all of us to do. Number one is this, and it's the simple thing here, is to determine to love Jesus. That's the very first thing that anyone should remember, especially if you're making a recovery. Especially if you've had a failure in your life and you're asking the question, well, what steps do I need to take? What next? Where do I go from here? The very first thing you need to do, you must do, is determined to love Jesus Christ. You see, the question is never, does Jesus love you? That's never a question. Because the answer to that question is absolutely yes. And I think there are probably a few in here today that are wondering, you're questioning whether or not Jesus really loves you. You may be questioning that because of your past or your sin or your failures or whatever's taken place And you need to be reassured today, Jesus loves you. And if that question ever comes up and it's asked, you need to know he loves me absolutely. He cares for me. You see, the question we really should be asking is, do I love Jesus? Do I love him? Do I care for him? And listen to verse 15 again. It says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, then feed my lambs. There's a curious phrase in there. I don't know if you picked it up, but it's the phrase more than these. That refers to the other disciples. He's saying, do you love these more than you love me? Now, everyone's being put on the spot here. Can you imagine being in this conversation? It starts out fairly casual, I mean, they're having a meal together. It's on the seashore in Galilee. And they're, they're sitting there. And all of a sudden, the conversation changes. And Jesus says, do you love these more than me? It's an er- interesting question. And why would Jesus ask this kind of question? Well, let me give you a clue to the answer. It's found in Mark chapter 14, verse 29. It's just hours before Jesus goes to the cross for us, for our sins And Jesus is having a a conversation with his disciples. And he's telling them that he must go. That he's going to die. That he's going to suffer and die. and, and, And that there will be some that betray him. And when that's being stated, Peter steps up and says, Even if all of these fall away, I will not. What Jesus is doing is he's going back to that place. Back to that conversation. And he picks it up again. See, Jesus knew how to restore. If you can read a story like this and pick up the nuances of restoration, it's found here. Something public was said. Peter said, hey, even if all these guys fall away, I will not. Jesus gets them around the breakfast table and he says, do you love me more than these? What a way to start a conversation. So when Jesus asked Peter this question, he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said, then feed my lambs. You see, Jesus was telling Peter that love isn't the way that you feel at a particular time. But that real love, authentic love, has action to it. There's something physical about real love. There's steps that are taken. There are things that we say, things that we do that express true love from our our, our own hearts to those that we care for. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm going to cover that in the next point. But the point of this conversation was to get Peter back on track, and that was his love for Jesus Christ. This is our first number one responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ. More than anything else in our life, we need to realize that it's about a love relationship with Jesus Christ. That what he's asking from you, what he's asking from me, is to get to the heart of the matter. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a love relationship with with all of us. That's what really matters. I don't know if you've ever read the book or even heard of the book called uh, A Case for Faith. It's written by Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel is a a great contemporary uh, apologist for the faith. and, And he, when he was writing this book, had a conversation with a man named Charles Templeton. Some of you may remember the name Charles Templeton. Charles Templeton was a great evangelist, a contemporary with Billy Graham. In fact, they had gone to some of the same places, shared the same pulpit, and preached to thousands of people. Charles Templeton is the co-founder of Youth for Christ, a dynamic man, an incredible man. But Templeton began to have some doubts about the Christian faith, about the reliability of Scripture, about evolution and creation, about heaven and hell and on and on and eventually he he stopped preaching and in 1996 Charles Templeton wrote a book called farewell to God my reasons for rejecting the Christian faith Lee Strobel began writing his book and he decided to interview Templeton to see if there was some deeper insight into his reasons for leaving Christianity And they started a discussion and the debate went back and forth. And finally, Templeton said this when Lee Strobel asked him what he thought about Jesus personally. He said, well, he was the greatest human being that ever lived. He was a moral genius. He was intrinsically the wisest person that I ever encountered in my life or in my reading. And Strobel said this, it sounds like you still think about him. It sounds like you still care. Templeton said this, he said, yes, I do. Everything good I know, everything decent I know, everything pure I know, I've learned from Jesus. Then Strobel said, the old man's voice began to crack. Tears came to his eyes. And his last words in that conversation were, I miss him. I really miss him. Templeton lived a few more years. He died in 2001 of Alzheimer's. I don't know where he is today. I know what happened in his life previously, but what we need to know, and the impact of this story in my life, is the most important thing for all of us is to determine to love Jesus Christ. We've been called to do that, we've been wired to do that. That's what God has asked us to do, and what, what He wants more than anything else. Let me say this, and I'm going to put it in another term or another way. You've heard me say this before. The Christian life is all about keeping the main thing the main thing. (laughs) We'll always do that here. Whenever you come together, what we want to do is lift up the name of Jesus. What we want to do is glorify Jesus Christ in our life, in our times of worship, and today through the Lord's table. That's what we're doing. We're saying, Lord, You are the one who deserves all glory and all honor. And that's what we'll keep talking about. That's what we'll keep sharing. That's the good news. The good news is Jesus Christ. It is the first and foremost a love relationship we have with Jesus. That's what he wants. He wants you to love him. That's one reason we prayed about this. and We decided that the theme of this year, 2011, would be titled Return to Your First Love. And I hope some of you are doing that. I hope everyone is making their way to do that. Whatever is getting in the way of that relationship you have with Jesus Christ, that that you would put those things aside, those distractions, whatever it is, and that you would focus your life, your heart, your energy on a first love relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus restores Peter, he didn't ask him, are you sorry for what you did? Are you ashamed of what you did? Do you promise that you'll never, ever do it again? He didn't say that. What Jesus said to Peter was very simple. He said, do you love me? That's the question. And that's what he's asking you today. Do you love him? Peter answered the question by saying, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. You know all things. Jesus knows where your heart is right now. And you can be honest with him. If you don't love him as you should, he knows that. If you're wanting to get back into a a, a vibrant relationship with him, he knows that. He knows all things. Jesus knows where you are right now. To answer the question, what next, will always begin with your determination, your resolve to love Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, For I determine not to know anything else among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now here's the second thing that you can do after Easter and that's determined to serve others. Jesus asked Peter if He loved Him and Peter said yes. And each time Jesus followed up with some action steps. In verse 15, Feed my lambs. In verse 16, Tend my sheep. In verse 17, Feed my sheep. So here's the point. Your life is about serving others. Regardless of what it was about before. Before you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is about serving others now. Your life isn't your own. It belongs to someone else. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And that what we do right now. Where we live right now. In that relationship. Is to model The life and ministry of Jesus here on planet earth. You see, what we do is we serve others. And that's what we're called to do. And that's the point regardless of what it was before. Regardless of what yesterday was for you. Because today the focus of your life has changed. Now it's about serving others. And Jesus said that. And you look in your Bible to Matthew chapter 20. And you look at verses 26 through 28. It says this. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you. Let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you. Let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served. But to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. From the very heart, from the very words of Jesus Christ, he's telling us how we should live our life. Look for ways that you can serve others. Jump in and help people around you. You don't have to do it in formal ways. You can do it in a lot of different ways. The next time you go to a restaurant, how can you help somebody? The next time you go to school, how can you help somebody? How can you help your neighbor? Just look for those things. You know, I missed it the other day. I was getting ready for this. And, you know, the Lord will always test you in this area. He will. Because it's never, it's never convenient. I mean, when an opportunity comes along, the first thing we think of is, well, I'm too busy. I've got too many things going. I need to get somewhere and I need to get there quickly. So how can I stop to do this? Well, that's the test. Are you going to stop? And even take care of what seems to be the little things in serving others. I missed it. I had an opportunity. I went through the motions. I went through the motions because, you know, pastors go through the motions sometimes, believe it or not. But in my heart, I knew I wasn't on target. I knew that my heart wasn't really about serving this person. You know what? One of the things that I was thinking about this last week as I was thinking about a a song that was written a long time ago. Willie Nelson sings it. Maybe you've heard it before. It's called You're Always On My Mind. You know, I can't quote the lyrics here because of probably copyright restrictions, but um, the song says in effect this. Honey, maybe I didn't treat you so well. I was never there for you. I never said or did the little things that would have showed you that you're special, but hey, at least I was always thinking about you. Now, let's confess here, guys, this is just the quintessential male love song, you know? O- only a man would be foolish enough to think that those words were romantic. The problem is, is that many of us sing that same love song to God. We try to say, well, God, I, I, I realize I never did anything, I never served you, I didn't pray that many times, I d- Barely read my Bible. I skipped a lot of church, but boy, Lord, you were always on my mind. And I love you. That isn't going to cut it. That's not going to work. Can you imagine going to my wife of 33 years and saying to her, honey, can you remind me again when your birthday is? I, I'm having a hard time with that. I don't remember. I don't remember. No, it has to do with action steps. It has to do with being faithful and expressing my love for one that I do love, the one that I care for. Your life is now about being a servant. Albert Schweitzer wrote this. He said, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I do know. The only ones among you who will ever be truly happy are those who have sought and found how to serve others. And here's the last thing I want to say. determined to stay focused. That's what we need to talk about. You talk about being determined to love Jesus. You talk about being determined to serve others. Now you have to look at this and say, determined to be focused. Jesus told Peter... That he would live a hard life. And then he said, follow me. And here's here's the next verse, verse 20. Listen to what it says. Verse 20 and 21 says, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. That that was John, the one who wrote this gospel. Who also had leaned on the breast of, of Jesus at supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? I mean, that's just like us. Jesus tells Peter, he doesn't doesn't cloak it, he he doesn't disguise it, but he tells him a very difficult thing. He talks to him about his future and how hard it's going to be, and then Peter hears it and says, okay, I hear it, but what about this guy? What what, what does he get? What's going to happen to him? If you're going to say these things about me, I want to know what you're going to do about him. (laughs) We do that, don't we? Peter's just like you and me. He says, hey, what about him? Is he going to have a hard life too? You see, if, if we aren't careful, we can lose focus of what we should be doing by becoming too focused on what everyone else is doing. Let me say this to, to, to those that need to hear it today. I think some of you are on a wonderful path. You've determined to love Jesus. You've determined to serve others. But you get hung up right here. Because you're looking around and you're wondering, what is everyone else doing? How are they being blessed? How is God treating them? And what happens when you do that is you lose your focus. You see, I don't know very many successful men or women. In fact, I don't know any. That kept their business about everyone else. That, that they were people that were looking around saying what's going on over here and what's going on over, over there. People who do well, people who are successful have this steely-eyed look about life. They stay focused. They put aside the interruptions. They put aside the distractions and they do what they've been asked to do. They do what they've been called to do. In verses 18 and 19 it says here, Most assuredly I say to you, When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wish. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death he would be glorifying God. And when he had spoken this, he said, follow me. This is what we know about Peter. Peter stayed incredibly focused in his life. He stayed incredibly focused in his relationship with Jesus Christ. So much so that church historians tell us that that he was so dogged about the gospel that they condemned him to death, to die on the cross, the same death that his Lord and Savior died. And he said, no, I don't deserve to die that way. Turn me upside down. And so he died a death on an upside down cross. That's how focused he was. This is interesting because Jesus told, he told Peter, you will have a hard life. He told Peter that you're going to die for me. Notice that Jesus didn't tell him, hey, Peter, you're going to preach to thousands of people. He didn't say to him, you know, you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to be healed. He didn't say, hey, you're going to be a witness of some pretty amazing miracles and you're going to change history and the things that you write will be read by billions of people. He didn't say that. All that's true. Every last every last thing here is true. But he didn't say that because Peter needed to hear the words that would help him keep perspective on his life and stay focused on his calling. And that's what God would say to you now. Hey, don't don't pay attention to what's going on in everyone else's life. Pay attention To what's going on in your life and your relationship to Jesus Christ. I I think there are a lot of people in here that God has an amazing call on your life. He's anointed you to do some amazing things. And you could get distracted. And when you do that, there's a there's an impetus that we lose, there's a there's a momentum that we lose, and we don't want to lose that. We want to stay focused and say, Lord, Uh, This is about business between you and me and what you've called me to do. Can you say amen to that? I think God wants to do that in your life. So what next? How do you live life after Easter? I think these three things, you determine to love Jesus, you determine to serve others, and you determine to stay focused with the call of God on your life. Would you bow your head with me? Would you do that? we're just going to prepare our hearts to receive communion to, to come to the Lord's table in just a moment I'm going to give you instruction on how we'll do that but right now let, let's pray over what we just have heard Father we just want to thank you for your word and for the gospels that you share the good news to us with and especially today for John chapter 21 where we witness really witness how you restored Peter how you restored him inside and out. Lord, there are many of us that need that today. There are many of us that are asking the question, well, what next? How do I live life after Easter? Some uh, that are here right now just accepted the Lord last weekend and wondering, well, where's the glow? It's, it's, it's almost like it's a distant memory. But, Lord, what we do is we bring it to you right now. We bring our lives to you. And we take these three simple steps. We determine to love you we determine to serve others and we determine to stay focused help us do that father we know that you're able in Jesus name we pray and we say together amen and amen when you come to the Lord's table in just a moment as we continue to worship the Lord if you've never taken communion with us don't worry there aren't a lot of instructions that come with it it's just coming to the Lord's table and honoring and remembering the Lord when you come to the Lord's table today, I'm going to ask that you bring three things. And I, and I always ask this. Number one, bring yourself. The Bible says to present yourself as a living and holy sacrifice to God. That you would do that. Secondly, what I want you to do is bring your uh, prayer request. If, if you're praying about something, if there's something that, that's a burden in your life, write that down. And know that when it goes into these containers here and there's a few in the back, that people are going to pray for you throughout the week. We want you to remember that. And the third thing we do is we bring our tithe and our offering, our gifts, our, our monetary gifts to the Lord. It's that one time a month where we're able to actually get up out of our seat and worship God that way and say, Lord, we're going to give to you just a portion of the things you've given to us. And that when you come to this table, you share in the elements. And we've placed a table here. We have two tables in the back as well. And so you go to whatever table you want to go to, but do this. Remember what the Lord is doing and what He's done in your life. I want you to remember this. I want you to remember that the bread represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. And the broken body of Jesus Christ is what made a way for you, it's given you a relationship with God. That Jesus laid down His physical body as a sacrifice, and the Bible says, before the foundations of the earth. lamb slain and he did it for you so that you can have a relationship with your father in heaven remember that when you take the bread when you take the cup would you remember that that cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ and it's the blood that was poured out of his own his own body his own life that cleanses us from all unrighteousness that's what the Bible says But if you need forgiveness of sin, you've come to the right person, and that's Jesus Christ. No one else can forgive you of your sin. Nobody. They can talk about how to suppress your sin. They can talk to you about how to forget your sin. They can talk to you about how to live with your sin. But no one can forgive you of your sin except Jesus Christ. It's through his shed blood that he says you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. This is what the apostle Paul says. He says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me." And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. And he said this, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. And I'm going to ask that you come to the Lord's table at your leisure. We're also going to have prayer teams stationed around the sanctuary. And if before or after communion you want to pray with somebody, then you go ahead and go to one of these prayer teams and they will pray with you. But again, we do all of this in the name of Jesus. That's why we're here today. We're here today to keep the main thing the main thing. Let's pray over our communion time and our worship together. Father, I want to thank you today for your life, your death, and your resurrection that you have been so faithful to us and we thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, I just pray for all those that come to your table today that there would be a blessing, that there would be breakthrough in their life, that the focus would be today as we remember you to determine to love you, to serve others. And Lord Jesus, what we need to do is stay focused. Help us do that. And that's why we come to the Lord's table. You've done that to keep us focused on you for our eyes would be fixed on you. Lord, we just ask that there would be a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, and we say amen and amen. Just come to the table at your leisure. Let's worship the Lord. You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff Along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope.